Hey everyone, this is Kasten Spethman, the Sophisticated Rebel. I want to welcome you to the inaugural podcast of Sophisticated Rebels. I am so stoked that you guys are all here and so excited to get this thing launched and going. My first guest is going to be Cami Kobaleski. We're going to talk to her today about a couple different things, some health issues, um, when she was diagnosed with Crohn's, how she handled that, as well as some information about what it's like to be single into your 40s, never been married, and what society has to say about that. And um, she is a longtime friend, fellow sophisticated rebel, and just all-around badass chick. So tune in, you guys. I think you're going to love it. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, hi, Cami. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, of course. I'm so looking forward to our chat. Yeah. So this is the inaugural podcast, uh, Sophisticated Rebels podcast. I mean, I'm, I'm so excited. I, I'm so excited that you're doing this, period. And I'm so excited that I get to be numero uno. So it absolutely had to be you for numero uno because of everything <laughs> that we've talked about over the last few years. And um, just for the listeners that are out there, I'm going to just give a little background on you and I and our friendship. And then I'll yep. have you kind of jump in and, and talk about um, where you're from and all the things you've done. And then we can dive into some of the questions and go from there. Sound Sounds good? good? Sounds good. Yeah. Cool. So um, for all you listeners, Cammy and I... Um, both moved to Phoenix the same year and uh, did not know each other. She came from St. Louis and I came from Portland, Oregon. 2008. 2008. Actually, I got there 2007. So I guess I was there a year earlier. But Mm -hmm. um, I know that we met in 2008 and have been attached to the hip ever since. We have so much in common. It's almost frightening and um, have just become the bestest of friends and unfortunately, I had to move back to Portland three years ago, but we've kept our friendship strong and probably talk now more than we did in Phoenix. Just don't see each other face to face. I know. Isn't that weird how that happens sometimes? Yeah. 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 But I'm just super thankful that we have kept up, um, you know, on the phone and online and stuff because, um, you know, I felt a little bit lost when I got back to Portland and I was super happy that I got to stay connected with you and it kept me sane. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm just, I'm excited too. You know, I feel like just the older we get, friendships evolve and change anyway with people's life changes. People move, people have children, people have children, you know, move in and out of the house. Um, It's just stuff stuff changes. And so, yeah, I'm glad that we have been able to maintain our friendship with with our own individual changes. <laughs> right. And I, I do think that we've, our paths, we've shared a, s- a similar path, um, even from before we met. And so I think that's made it pretty easy. And I know we've helped each other through a lot of things. And some of those things we'll talk about today. And I mean, just know that this is going to be one of many times that I have you on as a guest, uh, because, you know, you, you live life the way that I would live my life. And I think a lot of people can learn from you. And that's the whole point of the podcast. So thanks. um, And we got a lot of ground to cover. (laughs) We do. We do. We don't have to do it all today, but we're going to, we're going to make a good stab at it. So, um, so tell the listeners a little bit about, um, your background and who you are. Yeah. Well, um, Gosh, I don't even know where to start. So I, I, in general, the, the basic details, I was born in Cleveland, Ohio, and probably somewhere around first grade, we moved to St. Louis, Missouri, or a suburb of um, St. Louis, Missouri. So that's kind of where I consider that I grew up, but I still have family in Cleveland. And so I've been back and forth to Cleveland a lot. I was in St. Louis all through high school. I went to college to in a small private college called Lindenwood. Well, at the time it was Lindenwood College. Now it's Lindenwood University. And it has grown crazy by leaps and bounds since I was a student there, but it was super cute and charming. And this, this little quaint college when I went there with probably a thousand students that lived on campus. And I actually lived on campus. Um, I studied broadcast journalism, TV, radio, and um, psychology were the two kind of topics and subject areas that were near and dear to me. And I had a great time. I had a great high school experience. I had a great college experience. Um, 
And then after graduation, shortly thereafter, couple year, within a couple years of graduation, I got a job that took me to Dallas, Texas, working in marketing and branding. So the beginning of my career, I worked in marketing and branding with some major luxury wine and spirit brands like Grand Marnier and Tanqueray and Hennessy and Moet and Chandon. And that was an awesome experience. Um, and then I thought, well, I'm probably on the planet to do more than push booze and throw parties. So <laughs> <laughs> although that's fun, it was fun in my, you know, mid, mid yeah. to late twenties. Um, and I learned so much. Oh my gosh. I learned probably more than I, I shouldn't say this considering I still work in education, but I mean, I liken it to the equivalent of getting a, a master's degree or an MBA almost because I, I really got to work closely with those brand managers. And so it was quite an education in that whole process and consumer marketing and how all of that works. So I, I loved it. I had a great experience. A lot of that had to do with storytelling, which is where some of my you know current passions still lie. So it was a really cool way to use my strengths and skill sets and learn and evolve and grow in that space. And then I moved back to St. Louis after a couple of years of doing that to work at Lindenwood, um, thought I would be there for two years, get my master's degree to become a therapist and leave. I ended up staying seven years. I got bit by the higher education bug as far as working in higher education, fell in love with working in higher education, worked in various roles from admissions to academic services to academic affairs. And then I ended up shifting gears from getting, I started with a master's degree to become a therapist and then was like, this isn't quite for me, but I was still getting a master's degree for free. So I shifted into um, getting a master's in corporate communications with an emphasis in training and development. Um, and that's when I discovered life coaching and all that kind of stuff was emerging in the early 2000s. Um, so once I got my master's degree, I uh, ended up teaching full time for a couple of years to undergrads, which was a blast. I love teaching. I love being in the classroom and you know, seeing the light bulb go off for many people instead of just one at a time. Um, and so I was basically working full-time teaching and then I would go home in the evenings and I had started building a life coaching business. I got my, um, 75 hours of life and career coach training through an organization called coach you. And I started building a website. My first coaching business was called passion meets purpose and nice. started blogging and kind of getting into, again, back to the storytelling piece. But that was before social media really existed like it does today. Um, and so I ended up getting clients from the internet simply from blogging. I was doing organic search engine optimization and didn't really know what I was doing. Um, so that was really cool. And I, I loved, you know, talking on the phone to my clients and teaching during the day. I kind of had the best of both worlds. But that's when I was I was also sort of feeling the inkling to move West. And so uh -huh. over the next couple of years started investigating, do I want to live in California? Might I want to live in Arizona? And, um, a story for a different day about how I ended up getting to Arizona, but my dad and my stepmom had lived here for like 20 years. So I'd been, been to Phoenix to visit a lot and everything really lined up synchronistically for me to end up here. And so my whole family ended up moving here. My sister and brother-in-law and niece, along with my mom, we all for various reasons made and the form, track. forms and fashions we all got out here within six months of each other in 2008 wow. and so yeah so then then started my phoenix journey which is you know the last 10 years where you're at now yeah yeah mm -hmm. very cool so, yeah so i don't know if you want like that part of the story yeah like, no that's great that's where great. just to give people met... a little bit of a background as to you know what your background was um which then led you to today yeah. and um so um share with us a little bit about what you're working on now and your big passion and why. Um, and then that will kind of lead us into some of the other questions that I have for you. Yeah. Well, so when I came to Phoenix for one year, I worked um, for a marketing agency and I think that's where I met you. It was along that right. journey. I was doing um, kind of talent scouting slash recruiting slash brand ambassador for a marketing agency here in town. And I would go to a ton of networking events, which was really cool being new to town. It helped me get physically the lay of the land because I had to get in my car and drive everywhere. But also I got to learn the business landscape of Phoenix at the time. Um, I was going to a lot of networking events and entrepreneurial events and social media events, which is where I met you. Um, and we just hit it off instantly. I think we met at a networking event or there was a social media event that ended up at a bar yeah. happy hour afterwards. Yeah. And yeah. we bumped into each other and just struck up a conversation and instantly felt sisterhood. Um, yep. 
And then uh, we stayed buddies. And then I ended up going to ASU and working at ASU. So for five years at ASU, I, I work in the business school at WP Carey and mm-hmm. was a career coach. So my coaching career continued with, you know, a full slate of clients basically, uh, in our MBA program and then, um, shifted gears after five years of that into more special projects and project management, um, with a lot of our entrepreneurial endeavors. And I currently work full-time in the center for entrepreneurship at the business school, um, for the last couple of years and still do, still do some coaching on the side and like now kind of where we're at today, right. Where we both are like, let's launch a podcast. (laughs) Let's right. Right. Get into this. And so now, you know, I really realized, I looked up and realized I had all of these resources, all of these tools. Um, when I coach with people where I'm like, go listen to this podcast, check out this book. How about this online person, this person's online, you know, pro coaching program. And I, I just have been feeling more called to put that stuff out into the world and share those resources with more people. Because when I was casting about in 2005, trying to, you know, on my own personal journey, personal right. development journey, there was like no one kind of place where you could find all of that. And so I'm really excited to begin that part of my journey and putting a lot more of that out into the world and doing interviews like this with, with you and um, other thought leaders who can help plant the seeds and, or provide inspiration or resources for other people to like do what they want to do in life, or even just get inspired to start a creative project. So yeah. Yeah. I I absolutely love uh, the internet and technology and, and what exists, you know, between, um, Apple iTunes and, you know, you can listen to podcasts on so many different platforms now and, and find inspiration because I don't know that it's that maybe people have always been searching for this sort of thing. Um, but maybe there's just more ways for them to find it now. Um, but I, it, it makes me happy that people are really interested in finding ways to inspire themselves, educate themselves, you know, experience more things, take more risks live full lives so yeah and and it also like in a like personal way you know I went to college and and was the music director at my campus radio station in the early like to mid 90s and so it totally podcasting totally like feels still a little like those like old you know little radio days yeah Yeah, like from midnight to two tune in on Thursdays to listen to you know such and such little quirky radio show and so it feels really cool to kind of like tune back into those old school like broadcast roots too so I'm excited um that now it's emerging as this new medium to get to get information out there so here we are here we are, girl. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, just so the listeners know, a um, couple things that for those of you who have never met Cammie and I, we are the same age. We're both blondes. I mean, we just have so much in common. It's kind of kind of freaky. So um, I want to bring up one of those things that we have in common. I very recently got married for the first time. I'm 45. Um, very recently got married for the first time. And so Cammie and I, um, you know, were these younger um, career focused women that didn't want to settle down or didn't find the right person to settle down. And mm-hmm. I really even hate the, the, the term settle. settling down. I mean, <laughs> right. come on, you know, right. So, um, uh, you know, didn't get married, um, for a long time and Cami was in the same boat. So I always had that to share with you and I really appreciated that. Um, and we've had many conversations about this, you know, how many, um, we get a lot of pushback, right, from societal expectations, um, what your family expects, what society expects, and there's a lot of pressure in that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was wondering if you wanted to touch on that a little bit and what advice you would give to women that didn't necessarily, maybe marriage wasn't at the top of their to-do list, um, and they weren't willing to settle just to do what everybody else is doing. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's like a whole podcast in and of itself, isn't it? Well, we'll to, <laughs> and pretty much. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely one. revisit that one. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll put this out there. Yeah, let's yeah. put this out there and then ask for some specific questions and maybe have some callers call in. And we'll talk with some people that are going through something similar. Um, I do believe that in the last 20 years, it's changed quite a bit. And mm-hmm. it's more acceptable for women to stay single. Um but I do think that there's still 
some of the, the pressures out there and it's just really not warranted. Well, I think what, what you often hear in mainstream media and or from family and just kind of out in the, in the ethers is like that there's something missing because you don't have a partner. And I know you and so I both true. very much didn't feel that way. Like not that we didn't want to attract in a, a really solid partner for ourselves, because I think you and I both held that space of that intention for whenever it was right, but we didn't feel a sense of urgency about it. It wasn't right. like something's missing or I'm less than because I don't have that because it wasn't a priority. Like, like you said, marriage and yeah. maybe, maybe kids and, um, you know, building a family in that traditional way wasn't like, you know, pressing, it wasn't a pressing thing for us. And so we were just going about our lives, you know, working on creative projects or business projects or whatever it was, um, had a good circle of friends around us, a great networking community around us. And so it never felt like anything was missing for me. Um, and it was almost worse when other people would push that on me, like, Oh, Mm -hmm. you're so great. Why are you single? And I was like, exactly. Why are you married? (laughs) You know, like you're married because your life went there and you met this person and you decided that was the next step you were going to take. I'm not because I haven't met a person worthy of taking that step. And I don't even know how I feel about that step. Like, you know, yes, I want a part, a life partner, but I don't know if it means, you know, uh, that, that remains to be seen, whether that's a journey I'll take. Um, I'm lucky now that I'm in a relationship and have been for the past year and we'll see where that goes. He's a great guy. And, um, I feel like investing time and energy into him and, and that's kind of what was lacking. I've not met really someone, you know, I've had, I dated obviously over the course of all of those years and I'd had a few smaller or shorter or less intense relationships, but you know, it just didn't work out that way. And right. I never felt bad about it. I didn't feel, you know, it didn't feel like it really impacted my self-esteem. Like I feel like for a lot of people there and, and the whole other conversation where I think, Uh, this very surface Instagram world we live in, right? There's so much focus on the wedding and the party and the event that I don't really know that some younger girls are actually thinking about marriage and relationship and communication and the things that go along with really establishing or I think that isn't, that's been a problem for years because I remember when I was in my early twenties and a lot of my friends, I've been in 13 weddings and I, I would watch oh a lot of young women um, really focus so much on their wedding day and the wedding. And I was like, well, what about the marriage part? Right. So I do think that social media and the um, access to all the pictures and the stories yeah. and so forth are maybe make it a little bit worse, but that's always been an issue. And I did actually feel like something was wrong with me or I, I was lacking something. Um, I felt those pressures and I did feel that for a long time. But I also felt that I didn't want to, um, I wanted to be on my own. I was very, very independent. I wanted to travel around the world. I just didn't, I, I really wasn't ready to share a life with somebody. And it's really about sharing and compromising. And I didn't want to do that yeah. at a young age. And so I battled against the, oh, something's wrong with me, or I, I'm not whole, I'm missing something. Um, and, and that feeling that I had inside of like, but I don't really want that. Mm -hmm. So luckily I listened to my internal voice because I would not have been happy, um, had I done it differently. Well, and what was tricky for me is that I was in two long-term relationships in my, you know, in the earlier part of my life. So like from, I met my high school sweetheart when I was 14 years old, actually the week week before classes even started freshman year. And I was with him on and off until I was about 26 years old. And then I met another guy in college because my, my high school boyfriend and I had allowed each other to date other people in college. So I met another guy that I became involved with uh, again, on and off for another decade after that. So it wasn't until I was in my thirties that I was really single, um, or didn't have someone, you know, taking up that space as far as my heart space. Um, and that's where I did a lot of my growth for myself was in my thirties because at some point I had thought either one of those two guys were going to be my guy long-term and, you know, 
for various reasons, it didn't happen with either one and it, nor should it have, you know, they're on their right. own journeys Absolutely. now. I wish them well. Um, I don't have any regrets or holding on to anything about either one of them having been my person. That's just the way it played out. So I, but had- isn't that true that you can focus on yourself differently when, when you are the only one in that space? Yeah, well, I do think you can grow with somebody in your space. I'm not saying that, but I think it is very different. And, um, you know, I always hope that young people take that time to really focus on themselves and find themselves and um, not get caught up in the checklist of what life expects you to do. Because, yeah, that often doesn't lead to a lot of happiness. It was, um, you know, all the attention, a lot of the attention in those relationships was about them and their needs and their wants and what, what, you know, what was going on with that. And I wasn't necessarily making myself the center, um, or the top priority. Um, and so, yeah, so that evolved and then, and then I was single for a long time, you know, through my thirties, um, and into my early forties was a single person then working on my own professional, personal and spiritual growth and career stuff, like you said. And so it just kind of evolved that way. And yeah. So good. I love it. So any quick advice, um, that you would have for young people? I'm sure they gleaned a lot from, from just this conversation, but I mean, I think just trusting your intuition, you know, whether or not you're you're in a relationship with someone and if you're feeling inklings of like uncertainty, you know, listen to those nudges because Mm -hmm. that usually is an indicator that it's not your person or maybe it's just not the right time or timing. But um, I think forcing something when it's not quite working is can be dangerous and can suck a lot of time. I mean, I spent a yeah, lot yeah, of years sure. on and off in a situation that just wasn't ever going to quite fit. Um, and I yeah. learned a ton from it. So I think just trusting your intuition about that, but also like not necessarily being in such a hurry. I mean, yeah, you know, good, things good evolve in their own right time. And so just relaxing a bit. If I could go back to myself and just tell myself to calm down and relax and trust that it's all going to work itself out. And, uh, yeah, not necessarily trying so hard, but more allowing Allowing. to Mm. all unfold in its, in its own Isn't that the truth with just about everything in life? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hard to do though. Hard to do. Oh my gosh. So hard. Especially when, you know, you think, you know, like, oh, there's this connection or there's this bond or, you know, this seems there's so many things that seem like a yes, but yet there's this other big thing that's feeling like a no. And why is there that friction? Well, a friction usually is an indicator that it's not necessarily like the, I don't even want to say the right, right? Because to say it's right or wrong is kind of weird, but maybe not the fit, you know? Yeah. Or not the right time or what? Yeah. Timing is a big part of that to you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So here's a couple other um, random questions for you. So I like to keep it kind of varied. Sure. Um, what is your go-to when you're feeling a little down or uninspired? Mm. A couple of things come to mind. One, getting back to connecting with nature. So living here in Arizona, there's so many great ways to connect with nature. Obviously in the summer, it's a little harder because it's super hot here, but the majority of the year, you know, getting out and hiking, like going for a hike, hands down, like always, like gets me back, like gets me back out of a funk and into a creative or even just into a space where I can be more open to hear my creative kind of voices or muses or whatever we want to call it. Um, so definitely nature and movement. So the, the hiking mm-hmm. in the nature and or, you know, moving, doing yoga, going out and dancing, even just dancing in my living room, um, nice. you know, moving my body for sure and shaking up that energy because it's just kind of like bottled up inside of us. Right. So, yeah, if we get funky, it's because and it's hard because when you're in the funky space, you just want to like hunker down. Right. Like, you just yeah, you don't hurt. necessarily want to move. Right. <laughs> no, you want to lay in bed or you want to lay on the couch and zone out to Netflix or whatever. Yeah. Good point. Um, so moving and getting out in nature are my two number one. The other one would be, you know, going um, to see something else that's inspiring. Right. So either oh, okay. uh, an art, you know, exhibit or 
gallery or even, you know, a play or a spoken word thing, or like I said, going out listening to live music, like something where I can see someone else doing their thing always inspires me. Always, always, always excites and inspires me when I see someone else doing their thing. So whatever, whatever that creative kind of thing might be, um, I love, I love seeing other people tuning into their creativity. Yeah, that can be so inspiring, right? Just reminds you of, oh, I love that. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, So let's talk about um, something else that's a pretty deep subject. Um, About a year ago, I know you you had battled, uh, you were very ill for quite a while. And then about a year ago, found out that you had Crohn's disease. And Mm -hmm. um, so talk to us a little bit about that. Um, I know I went through it with you. Um, You know, we talked quite a bit. So I know it was a really tough time and I'm wondering if you have advice for anyone else out there that is either going through an illness where no one can figure out what is wrong with them and, or if they are diagnosed with Crohn's disease, if you have advice for them on, you know, how to, how to take that news and what to do. And yeah. Oh my God. Well, first of all, thank you for being there for me because I know there were many times where I was so frustrated and, and, you know, I know you've had your own health issues and your own health journey and that's why you were so great to kind of lean on when I was, you know, just in this dark tunnel of like, well, first of all, the the most scary, the the tricky part is when I was not diagnosed and and no one could figure out what was going on with me because the symptoms were super random. So just to give backstory, um, I've had stomach issues my whole life. You know, when I was in high school, I was diagnosed with IBS, which stands for irritable bowel syndrome, which a ton of people get labeled with IBS. And a lot of times the doctors will just tell you, oh, it's just nerves. It's a nervous stomach. You have anxiety issues. You're too stressed out, you know, chill out, figure out how to lower your stress levels, which is always easier said than done. Right. Right. Um, so, so I've had stomach issues my whole life and I've dealt with those on and off and that's different than irritable or that's different than, um, IBD, which is uh, inflammatory bowel disease, which Crohn's and colitis, Crohn's okay. colitis, Crohn's colitis and uh, ulcerative colitis, you see, um, fit under IBD, which is now what I've been diagnosed with is the Crohn's part of it. Oh, good um, distinction. Thank you for clarifying because I didn't even know that. So yeah. It, and you, you see in Crohn's look similar. They're, they're inflammation in your intestines. Um, I cannot remember the distinction as far as, you know, it, it depends on where that inflammation is in your intestinal tract, which one it, okay. it turns out to be. So, oh, okay. um, what, so where, where do we go? So I had stomach issues on and off and it's flared, uh, up and been more, you know, kind of debilitating on and off throughout, you know, it was really bad in high school. Then it kind of chilled out a little bit. Then I got really bad in college. And a ton of that has to do with diet and alcohol consumption and sleep deprivation and, you know, different things that we do with our bodies. Um, It's so funny how when you're young, you just abuse the heck out of it and you don't even really realize you're abusing it. Right. Like, yeah, no worries. I'll just throw down a a bunch of booze and eat white castle at 2am and, you know, yeah totally fine <laughs> of course I'm not on the toilet the whole next day like duh <laughs> right oh you my know gosh. I can do yeah. that and then get up and go to class at 8 a.m and do it all over again the next for day sure. like yeah for four exactly. years no worries oh, um, good no, old college experience exactly no wonder I was sick as a dog but um <laughs> so through throughout the years it would like spike and and then wane and spike and wane and Um, but what happened, uh, with the Crohn's stuff. So here in Phoenix in 2016, in February of 2016, I started having, uh, well, I guess disclaimer here, it's going to get a little, you know, get a little, it'll a little gross, a little potty talk here. So I started to have really bad bouts of diarrhea and it was nonstop and it was just pure liquid and anything I would eat would come right back through me. So then I would go through cycles of like not really eating because it didn't matter what I would eat. So I would eat very little because, and then you lose appetite. And then sometimes there's also nausea, um, where you feel like you're going to throw up as well. Um, so it flared up like it had never flared up before. And like I said, I dealt, I dealt with it on and off my whole life. And I, I thought I knew, you know, what those kind of symptoms could be like, but this was beyond anything I'd ever experienced. Um, to the point where I would go to the bathroom, you know, 20, 
25, 30 times a day. And when you say wow. that, people think you're like exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. So that right. ultimately means most of the day you're in the bathroom, which is right. makes it really hard to work yes. uh, because you're running to the bathroom all day. Um, so that started like in a, like I said, in a really severe way. Um, so I finally got referred to a specialist. I, uh, a gastroenterologist is what they're called. And mm -hmm. I got a colonoscopy and he said, um, they had found seven polyps, which could be precancerous as well. So that's, you know, not good to find, um, that many polyps. They removed the polyps, they send them for biopsy, nothing came back cancerous, which was great. Um, but to have that much inflammation in your, in your colon is not good. Um, right. So then we kind of started a protocol of, um, you know, foods. Initially, we were testing, too, to see if I had celiac. And so I had taken gluten out of my diet. And, you know, so I was tweaking foods like, oh, if I eat that or not eat that. And there's so much information on the Internet about, you know, the different food things that can be triggers for stomach issues. Um, it still wasn't diagnosed as UC or or Crohn's because there's a specific blood test for Crohn's. And he did tell me, you know, oh, there's this specific blood test, but let's, let's see if it's these other things first. I don't know. There was a disconnect hmm. between my, do my doctor and I, well, there was a disconnect between the communication between my doctor and I, where I didn't, I never got the signal of go take this specific blood test so we can rule this out. That didn't happen oh, or okay. I didn't understand that or whatever. So right, then right, some right. time went by and, um, some other symptoms started showing up, but they didn't, I didn't know they were connected also to my gut, which now obviously I know like our, everything stems from our gut. Right. Um, yeah. but I didn't know that, you know, um, muscle and joint pain. So I started having really oh, severe, right. That's really right. I remember severe that now. joint mm -hmm. pain, really severe muscle pain. And it would float. So like one day it would be in my elbows and the next day it would be in my knees and other oh. days, you know, other days the muscle pain would be in my arms and then in my legs and then in my back. And I was just like, what is this? And then extreme fatigue, like I've never experienced before. Not just like, oh, I need to lay down and take a nap. Like, literally shouldn't drive a car because you can't keep your eyes open. Wow. Um, like, and it would just hit out of nowhere. Like I'd be fine one minute. And then the next minute I'd be like, Oh my God, I need to lay down. So imagine again, that stuff happening at work or if you're in a meeting or like, wow. Wow. It's just yeah, like, what's no. going on with my body. And so then I was also not happy with the general practitioner I'd been going to. So I was searching about for a new general practitioner that would help me tie all of these symptoms together. Well, you know, imagine going in and having to like tell all of this stuff to a new person every single time you go to see a new doctor. So I'd have to retell the whole story, retell all the symptoms. They run different tests according to what they see going on. Um, one woman at one point said she thought she should send me to a uh, infectious disease doctor because perhaps I had a superbug. I mean, I was just like, wow. What? I mean, overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. And weird stuff too. Like I would get a fever and the chills. And then like literally this happened one time in that doctor's office where I was sitting in the waiting room waiting to see her and my teeth were chattering because I was so cold. Like when I got into her office, the, the nurse came in and said, do you want me to get you a blanket? Like, wow. Are, and I was like, yes, I'm freezing. So I had fever, obviously it was like mm -hmm. hot, cold, hot, cold fever. Um, so this poor, yeah, this poor doctor didn't know what was going on with me. And so at some point through all of that, I, I, um, got back in touch with my gut doctor kind of told him some of the symptoms. They're like, yes, take this Crohn's blood test. Let's try to rule that out. I ended up taking the Crohn's blood test. It came back positive. Um, as well as like my ankles had started swelling at that point. So my ankles swelled up so big. It was almost like a, a pregnant woman. So a lot of preg yeah, yeah. pregnant women, I guess their ankles swell really bad. I didn't know that because I've never been pregnant. But so <laughs> yeah, they, they, they swelled up so much I couldn't even walk. Um, oh. and, and my joint pain had gotten so severely that some days I could barely get out of bed. So I was like oh literally God. just – I had to go on medical leave from work um, wow. for three weeks. Um, but anyway, by the time I got to my doctor's office, because the, the meeting with him with the appointment with him had been scheduled out at the same time that the results were coming back from the blood test about Crohn's, I had lost 30 pounds and yeah. I looked a lot different and he freaked out when he saw me. He was like, Oh my God, why didn't you come back 
to me sooner. You know, you're in a massive Crohn's flare. We need to get you on medication. And I was just like, I didn't know oh. that all. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, and yeah, so they crazy. gave me a ster- they gave me a steroid shot initially in my ankles to make the swelling go down. I saw he sent me to a rheumatologist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then literally within 72 hours of getting those steroid shots in my ankles, almost all of my symptoms just started going away. No more muscle and joint pain, no more fatigue. My stomach stuff wow. started slowing down. And I was like, oh my God, was it the steroids? Like, which now yeah. I know, yes, obviously that is what, that is what helped, um, those symptoms go away and steroids are not a good long-term. No, fix. never. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of really bad side effects, but initially I was like, oh my God, I feel great. Like, I, I yeah. Felt, oh, after that, I mean, you after a like year, a- yeah, almost a year and a half of just like not knowing what was wrong with me and like progressively getting worse and being in bed and taking medical leave and, and literally thinking, well, maybe I'm just dying. Like maybe I, I was like, yeah. do I have a, do I have a brain tumor? Do I have cancer? Like, why can't they figure out what's going on with me? And then, you know, once I got that, that blood test back and the doctor was like, yeah, this is all related to Crohn's. Well, now I know that. Isn't that that just pretty amazing? I mean, if we stop and think about it, that all of that is caused by a problem in your gut. Yeah. I, I still don't know if the general public really understands how important their gut is to their overall health. Well, it can do so much, wreak so much havoc. And to unravel all of that is crazy too, because it's different for every single human being. And our food system is so whacked yeah. with like yep. to- toxins in our food. Like we really don't know what we're eating. Even if you try to eat organic and clean, you know, Amen. a lot of, a lot yep. of the food is still, you know, not really what it's labeled as. And so, you know, you really can't eat much out of a package. I mean, eating whole foods that come right out of the earth, but you need to know what earth it's coming out of and what it's been sprayed True. with or not been sprayed with. Um, and through all of that, I also was informed that the neighborhood I grew up in, there's been a documentary film about it. Um, that's on HBO called atomic Homefront. Oh, no. Um, yeah, there was a nuclear, a world war II nuclear weapons waste, um, oh. site right outside of where I grew up in St. Louis near the airport. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. yeah. And so a ton of people in those areas have had really rare cancers and autoimmune sure. diseases. And so who knows, right? Like if, if some of, of what's happened contributed to, to it. Is, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then you never, you'll never know. And that's, what's so tricky about our health is like, you can't always know where everything comes from. You just have to sort of like figure out what the symptoms mean mm-hmm. and then h- how do you deal with the root cause? And so that's sure. where I'm at now. I've, I've tried one medication. Um, it helped a little bit with the symptoms, but it really didn't help with the inflammation of my colon. Then I took a, about six months off. Um, I did some personal experimenting with foods and medicinal marijuana and things like that. And while that helped some with, again, symptoms and or sleep and or some other things, anxiety, severe anxiety around this, because, you know, you start, you start worrying about having an attack at work or having an attack in a car ride or having an attack at the airport or on a plane or, you know, so, um, so that causes anxiety and it it actually induced panic attacks for me. Um, which is a whole nother conversation of scary stuff that you deal with when you have kind of things like this going on. Um, And so now I'm trying my second medication, which is uh, in a category of meds for these type diseases called biologics. So they're they're immunosuppressants. So again, other weird side effects. So I could catch a cold and be sick for three weeks and you know, my body may not fight off smaller type infections. Um, because basically, you know, my colon is attacking, my body is attacking my colon. And so yeah. these, yeah. these medications will help kind of reverse that. Um, so I'm, I'm, I've only been, I'm only a month in with the new meds, but they do seem to be helping a lot. Um, Good. a lot of my stomach symptoms have subsided. Um, my energy levels are back up. I haven't had hardly any of the fatigue hits kind of that I call them. Um, right. So I'm excited <laughs> to continue with this. You should be. You absolutely should be. <laughs> and see so how would it you, goes. do you think it's, um, do you think it's fair then to um, recommend to other people that are having health issues to just ask for as many tests and, and keep trying to find the answer and, to, well, you know, 
it's super frustrating. And anyone who's dealt with health issues knows like we have to be our own best advocates and keeping a journal and documenting your symptoms and times of day and days of the week and how frequently it's exhausting. Right. But like, you kind of become a medical detective and everyone says, don't go to the internet and Google your symptoms because you know, sure you, you'll, <laughs> you'll be, have, you'll everything. have everything. You'll be dead. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, you know, I, we, you just have to be patient and, um, trust again, back to just like with relationship advice, right? Like you have to trust yourself and trust that, you know, your body best because Ooh, not every advice. doctor, not every doctor has, has your needs. Like some of them really don't care. Some of them are phoning right. it in. Um, so asking for referrals, you know, I would definitely ask for referrals from your network, um, and people that you trust. Um, I still am on a journey and this is a journey I'll be on probably for the rest of my life. I mean, there are, um, you can get this to go into remission, but once mm-hmm. it's sort of activated and in your body, it's there. Now there's certain people who have different healing and health modalities that would say, no, you can cure yourself. This thing is the cure all. Um, and I've sure. explored and experimented with lots of traditional and non-traditional medical things. Um, I definitely have you know, more of a holistic mindset and have tried food and have tried acupuncture and herbs and energy healing and lots of different things. And I don't think that there's any one size fits all, you know, I think that's the key to so many things is that, you know, make sure you're taking care of your mind and your spirit, as well as your nutrition, as well as the, you know, medical treatments, as well as reducing your stress level or whatever, you know, I I think it's always got to be a combination of things and yeah. Fortunately, there's not one pill fixes all. No, there's not. Way. No. So. And did you, um, did you struggle when, once you were diagnosed, did you feel relieved or did you have um, a bout of, of where you were depressed that you now, you know, were this person that um, has Crohn's disease? Right. Uh, that's a great question. Um, I felt some relief initially once there was a diagnosis because I was like, okay, now we can deal with, you know, looking at the symptoms, looking at, you know, the different medical alternatives for helping and healing this. So it gave me somewhere to focus because when I didn't know what it was, it was just like, oh my God, anything goes and everybody's got different advice for you. Um, And so that was really frustrating. And that's where the depression kind of came from one, because I was in so much freaking pain all the time, Interesting. Um, yeah. you know, that I was like removed from my life. I, I didn't go out. I didn't date. I didn't, I wasn't doing anything. Um, right. so that was where more, it was depressed, depressing because I, no one had an answer for me. No one could tell me what was going on with my body. Um, yeah. Once I got the diagnosis, then it was a matter of, okay, well, now we have to treat the symptoms, but also identify, you know, the root cause and how do we treat long-term um, Crohn's, right? So then it's like sure. lis- listening to the Western doctors, but also still seeking alternative um, kind of forms of healing for my mind, body, and spirit, like you said. And it was definitely a spiritual journey as well, because, you know, when you're just in your head, yeah. you have a lot of time to think. Um, wow. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. So there was a whole lot of, uh, thinking, contemplating, um, and really also beauty and grace that came from what I learned about myself along this journey. Mm, Um, so I don't regret it. I don't wish it away. I don't think it's bad or negative. It just is. It's what I, it's what I, what a great way to look at it dealing with. And I, and I have to figure out how to navigate through that just like we navigate through everything else in our lives. Right. So yeah, yeah. there's things that's here to teach me. And number one is to take care of myself. Um, and mm, for yes. a lot of, a lot of part of my life, I've put other people first, you know, even the professions and the things that I've chosen to be, you know, into or interested in coaching and mentoring and teaching, you know, that's all about helping others elevate and evolve. (laughs) And especially in coaching, it's not the same as therapy, but you, people tell you lots of really personal things. And a lot of people aren't happy with where they are And coaching is, you know, to help them get to where they want to go. And it's a lot of strategizing and a lot of listening 
to what people don't want so you can help them get to where they do want to go. And so I think I internalized over the years a lot of that stuff. Mm. And so yeah, I bet, I bet you, um, did. you know, literally taking on other people's shit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, right. You know, it's like, oh, big shocker. I got a disease where I'm going to the bathroom a lot. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, you this is that ironic. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I think there was a lot of purging happening oh, that is in so my body. Uh-huh. You know, if you look yeah. at it from a higher level, a higher perspective, like, what is this really about? Right, right, right. Um, How symbolic. Yeah, right. Yeah. I have a, a really cute piece of art in my bathroom that a local artist, shout out to Mindy Tim. Um, it's uh, it's the poop emoji and uh-huh. it has angel wings and it says holy crap <laughs> on it. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. And someone came into my bathroom one time and they're like, is that the poop emoji with angel wings? And I was like, yeah, it's kind of an inside joke for myself related right? to. Yeah, related but you know what? Microphone. Right on. Way to be able to laugh about laugh at it laugh about it whatever yeah like you can't do that life's gonna be short (laughs) what's the spiritual message behind this (laughs) right so oh gosh Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it so um so tell folks about uh your new project that you're launching Mm -hmm. and um give them some deets you know like where they can find you and follow you and how they can work with you or Sure. Well, I feel like this is just an extension of a of a, the part of my journey that started in 2013 when I started painting. So, you know, you were with me on that journey too, where like I was never yeah. a vis- visual artist. Um, I'd always been more of a writer and a storyteller, but never really a visual artist. I didn't paint or draw. I always thought that was for other people. And um, kind of throughout 2012 and 2013, I just kept hearing this internal like voice that was like, you need to paint. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't, I don't know anything about painting. Um, Which, which for those there, you know, everyone's listening to this, not seeing it. And I'm just going to attest to the fact for someone who has never painted in their life, her paintings look like she's, she went to art school. I mean, it's just amazing to me Aww. that you had never painted before and picked up a paintbrush and painted what you did. It's just yeah. mind boggling to it's me. It's crazy. That was a whole crazy story too. And a really cool journey. I mean, that's, we could do a whole nother podcast on that too. But, um, so well, long story short, I, yeah, it evolved the, it came out, it started to emerge. I know that's part of my spiritual journey also. And what I'm here to do on this planet. So more evolution to come with a visual art, but I feel like, um, wanting the desire to start this podcast and help tell other people's story and share other people's stories is really just an extension of that. And a lot of that, you know, comes through in the art as far as, um, you know, good vibes and positive energy and, you know, just putting that out into the world. I feel like the podcast is just another vehicle, another channel for that artistic expression to come through. And that will remain to be seen with, you know, creation of that. But lately I've been feeling called to, you know, like I said, help get these stories of other people uh, who have really great um, stories of their own and information, whether they're authors or writers or speakers or entrepreneurs or creators or makers themselves. Um, I've really been feeling called to start a podcast myself. So we're calling it the Good Vibe Guide. Um, It doesn't even live on the internet yet. I did buy the domain. um, Very nice. And I have my own uh, art website. It's kamik.com. So that's really like my online universe is kamik.com. There will be a separate. It's Kami with a K. So K-A-M-M-I-E. Yes. And then another K. Yes. K-A-M-M-I-E-K.com. And there will be um, a link then for the Good Vibe Guide podcast. So once I get that, I'll, I'll, I'll get a rerouter. So if you, if you put in the Good Vibe Guide, it would redirect you to the kamik.com website. Um, so that's where that will live. And we'll have the podcast links in there. And it'll be available on iTunes and um, the Google Play Store and all the places that you can get podcasts. But I really want to, you know, just talk about some of those personal development kind of topics that I was really searching for, you know, in the mid 2000s, when I was kind of getting started on kind of my evolution and spiritual path and um, personal evolution. And I just feel like there's so many great people out there. And I know a ton of 
really cool people doing cool things that could help advance um, or plant seeds or inspire, encourage, educate, entertain <laughs> other people. Awesome. And so that's what I, that's what I want to get started with so that there's sort of like, you know, a place to go for those res- resources and, or, you know, to listen to kind of high vibe content. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And when that is um, launched and, and up and in full, full gear, we're going to do another podcast, you and I, so you can talk more about it and some of the good. specifics and ins and outs and things like that so that people yeah. really can find the good stuff that's going to be on there and follow you. And, you know, if they want to work with you or if they've got a story they want to tell or yeah. they want to share your story, they can do so. Yeah. So, um, all right, well, let's talk. A, I just have a few more questions. And these are questions just to give people a little bit more insight and as to the side of you that maybe people don't know as much. Mm-hmm. So um, I love to ask people this question because it's just so random. But um, what is an uncommon app that you have on your phone or your computer that you love to use and would recommend to other people? Well, I mean, I think a shout out to the app we're using to record this because yes. you you and I have talked about doing this for so long and we were both getting tweaked out about the technology and how do we set it up in a studio and microphones and editing equipment and all of that so we are using the anchor app um anchor like we are a boat yeah and so i think so easy to use yeah we've tested it out we played with it the recording quality sounds great i can't wait to get in and you know play with the editing and adding a little music and like all of that stuff so they're still playing with it but i would think that's probably been the biggest one lately that's been like the greatest find right like oh my god we can do this on our phones and we don't we don't need anything additional no additional equipment necessary if we if we do that stuff in the future that's great but like this has given us that that next step to like just get Mm -hmm. started and stop making excuses right yeah that's kind of our current theme right now for you isn't it like just pull the trigger just do it yeah um what is a documentary that you would recommend everyone see? Oh my gosh. Well, I love that stuff. There's so many great ones on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon prime. I mean, oh my gosh, I watch so many of those, but I just watched one, uh, this last weekend. So I guess I'll just give that one a little plug. It was really great. It was called believe with, um, the lead singer from imagine dragons. Um, super interesting. He was raised Mormon. He's married and has some kids, but he's a huge LGBTQ, um, supporter Supporter. and was really having struggles with his faith, not supporting that. And so Mm -hmm. it's just about his journey personal journey through struggling with that and wanting to make change and create change and using his voice and his platform, um, to push, to push that, to help, you know, um, raise awareness and create awareness about, about the unjustness of, of that. And so it was cool. He even created a, um, a music festival in Utah to support oh that my cause. Gosh. Wow. Yeah. Good for him. He had 20,000 people turn out for it. Wow. Um, so it's just really cool to see, um, you know, and I think that's what you and I both are at on a, on a different level than him, obviously, but wanting a little to use, micro level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wanting yeah. to use our voice to raise awareness for different things. And, um, Definitely. and that's what we're doing too. And so it was really cool and inspiring. Obviously he's got a way bigger platform than you or I probably ever will, but that's okay. <laughs> we're going to, we're right. going to make our mark in our way. And, um, it was just very inspiring to, to watch him want to leverage that for good and also struggling with like, you know, community and shame and his own depression. And should I be doing this or should I not be doing this? But like, I have this platform and I need to use it for good. So that was cool to see him, you know, taking the responsibility of that. Cause some people at that level could just say, not my job, not my conversation, not my responsibility. Don't want to, don't want to rock the boat and jeopardize my career. And they have every right. They have every right to not want to, to do that. But it was cool to see him choose to step into um, spreading more light on that conversation. That's fantastic. Yeah. Very cool. Um, what is something about Cami that people don't know? I might <laughs> find a little bit shocking, a little bit, oh my gosh, I never would have imagined that. 
Oh my gosh. I don't know. Uh, probably just that I have a sassier, maybe, I don't know. Just this, there's an, another sassy kind of side. I think people who are close to me know that side. Yeah. Um, but I, I have a bit of a, I guess maybe a, a little bit of a, dual, a dualistic personality in that I have this very professional, very um, kind of put together, for lack of a better term. I mean, I, I think people would say, oh, that girl, you know, she's got her shit together. Um, but I also yeah. have this artistic, a little bit more hippie woo-woo, but not like over the top. Um, Mm -hmm. but kind of side that tugs and pulls at me too. And I like to express as well. And so, um, sometimes there's people who know me from one side of, of my life that don't necessarily get to see as much of the other side. And so I think sometimes that can be, um, interesting for people to learn as they get to know me, you know, more of like, Oh, I didn't know she had that sassy. Yeah. Right, right. I'm Uh, lucky I get to see that side. So I'm super lucky. And it isn't isn't because I'm two different people. It's just because, you know, there's room for for certain conversations in certain places (laughs) and not in others. And so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that. And some of those things don't come up in conversation, you know. I yeah. mean, I think about these questions that I ask people in these interviews, and I think about what what would my answer be to that? And and so, like, one of my answers to to that question is that I love westerns. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what? what? That's just random. I have no reason why. I just love westerns. That Isn't is that funny? funny. Oh yeah. my god! And so when the um, Netflix had this series called Godless, and it was kind of a Western type of theme, and I just loved it. I just love Westerns. I don't know what that's about, but I do. Mm. And so you know, uh, when people hear that, they just look at me like, "Really, surfer girl? Really?" I'm like, yeah. yeah, I love. It. You know, that's so funny. So, I can't think of it. Well, I think maybe in that regard, um, I love like old school, meaning like 80s, 90s, hip hop yeah. and R&B. And so maybe awesome. people think that's funny about me. Like, how would you yeah. even be well, into you, that probably music? Wouldn't know, right? No. Like, when would that come up in a conversation? Right. But I yeah. love it. And I was on the dance team in high school. And so we did, you know, we did a lot of incorporating that kind of music into our routines. And so, I love um, it. you know, Beastie Boys, you know, Beastie yeah. Boys are one of my favorites, but I, I just loved all of the like old, you know, all of it. It yeah. was just like with the music that I listened to while mm-hmm. I was like growing up. So, um, yeah, love it. Maybe that, love maybe it. that. I think growing yeah. up in the eighties was, I mean, people look back on it and they're like, what in the heck? Uh-huh. But I think we were very lucky. Personally. It was super random musically too. Cause think about also like the poppy, you know, oh, yeah. like the bubblegum pop kind of stuff that was coming out then too. And all yeah. the synthesizer music. So there was like this and the weird... hair bands. And yeah. The, there was like this know? weird mix of like rock and hip hop <laughs> and, like, I, I think it was a great time to be alive. It was. I loved it. I loved it. I had a blast. Maybe not some of the clothing um, choices. Right? Some yeah. of the fashion probably should never come back into style, but well, God, we I love the music. The ozone layer with our, you know, Aquanet and oh, hairspray. hairspray. <laughs> and our shoulder pads. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's super, good reminiscing. Super random. Um, let's see here. What, uh, what's your favorite trait about yourself? Oh God, you're just throwing them at me. One, I know. I, got, I need to know. I need to know some some favorite dig down deep, right. like hidden hidden things about Cami. One of the reasons, by the way, that I ask these questions, I know that they're sort of random and maybe not the traditional type of questions you'd have in a conversation, but I ask them because I want listeners to also think about what their answers would be because sure. I don't know if somebody often thinks about, hey, that's a trait about myself that I really like, mm-hmm. you know, that I think really brings a lot to the world or makes me a better person or makes me live a more adventurous life or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. that's where a lot of these questions come from is, you know, just trying to get people to maybe ask themselves those questions and maybe ask the people around them those questions, mm-hmm. really get to know them better more than how's your day going how's the sure. weather how are the They're kids meaningful. So, yeah. yeah no these are yeah. great questions I'm having a blast so good good I think a lot of things come from my sense of curiosity 
Um, that is mine as well. Yep. Yeah. So I'm just curious about lots of things and I'm mostly curious about humans and why, yeah. you know, what, like if I see, if I'm driving and I see, you know, a homeless person on the corner with a sign, I like start going into like their store. Like, I wonder what, why yes. are they here? Mm-hmm. What yeah. happened? How did they that, get here? Life didn't. Mm-hmm you know, go in a different direction and they're here, you know, were they five years ago working a job and, you know, making a decent paycheck and like one, an illness happened and they couldn't pay medical bills and now they're homeless. Like, sure. which happens for Everyone people, has right? a story, right? Yeah, 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 yeah so for sure. I'm so curious about their stories and how they got to where they are and why they made the choices they made and how those right. choices, you know, took them on that journey. So yeah, you know, I think, I think it's that- curiosity. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that might be one of the reasons you and I get along so well, because that is mine as well. And what I have found that curiosity does is it, you're, it's very difficult to be curious and prejudice at the same time. So yeah. if you break prejudice down, it's a prejudgment, right? right? So it's lacking that curiosity of, of what makes somebody, a culture, believe that or how did that come to be? Um, how did somebody get into this situation? And I think that kind of creates an underlying um, attitude towards the world. And I, I do think that's one of the reasons you and I get along so well is we're both wired that way. We're much more curious than we are judgmental. Yeah, I definitely echo the sentiment about judgment. So being, if I'm curious, I'm less inclined to judge it because I'm asking questions of like, well, how and why and when and what? And also it's helped me with my own about myself. I'm curious about my own intuition. So when I hear or feel an inkling of, Hey, maybe you want to, like I said, I heard a voice for a year that was like, you need to paint. I'm like, I don't know what that means. I don't even know what that means, but I'm curious about it. So now I'm going to start looking at art and following artists and looking at different techniques and seeing what may feel like something I want to explore more. And that's how I started taking my first art classes and starting Mm -hmm. creating art and learning techniques is because I was just curious, like, I don't know, but this looks cool. And maybe I want to learn about that. And so right. it's, it's helped me fine tune my own intuition and listening yeah, to curious that. about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Your own journey. yeah. yeah. But it's the starts- other thing that I've always thought about <clears throat> with curiosity is that it's kept me from going to a place of blame. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that, that may be, um, more woo woo question of, okay, what's the universe trying to tell me or what's the reasoning behind this? Or, you know, what's the sign that I'm supposed to be seeing? Or, you know, I, I think about my parents sometimes and um, maybe when I was younger, I was upset with certain ways that they raised me or certain rules that we had in the household or why they reacted certain ways. And I replaced all of that with curiosity. And so there's no more blame. Yeah. It's just a very much a curiosity of like, gosh, I wonder what they were going through. Or I wonder what their parents taught them or, um, you know, you, I just, I think the world overall, first of all, I think people would be much happier in their own lives if they replaced some of those things with a lot more curiosity. And I think the world would be a better place because there's a lot of conflict in cultures right now. And I think curiosity would fix a lot of that. Well, because it leads to empathy and compassion, right? I mean, when you're curious about it and you're not in judgment about it, it then leads to, I can empathize because I may have been in a situation similar or I can relate to my own life, which then opens up to compassion, right? If I can empathize with you, I can perhaps feel compassion for you. Even if on the surface, that looks like a situation I would never you know, right. I would never, right. I would never do that. I would never choose this or that or right. the other, which can be judgment. Right. But if you can, if you're curious and you start asking the questions, then that can lead to empathy, which can lead to compassion, which exactly what you said yeah. could help. Or, or even, culturally. even if, the, if the compassion never gets there, but there's an understanding yeah. and you're like, Oh, I understand now why they did that. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a Brene Brown has this great saying, which is, um, what is the story I'm telling myself? Because we mm-hmm. make up this idea in our mind and we tell ourselves this story. And most of the time that story's not the right story. It's not the truth. Right. And so 
Um, there's definitely times where I, uh, even though I understand something, I don't agree with it, but at least I understand it and that disarms, you know, a lot of the anger behind it. Yeah. 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 Great. Well, girl, I've kept you long enough, so I'm going to finish with one last question and then we'll wrap it up for today and we'll save the rest for the next one, which is going to be soon because we have so much to talk about. Um, Okay. So is there anything that I didn't ask in this podcast that you wished I would have or something that you'd like to share with us as we close out? That's so funny because as a career coach, that was always something that we would tell candidates to potentially ask oh, really? at the end of an interview, right? Like, is there anything that I should have asked you that I didn't ask you? Um, well, have you ever been in that situation where you're like, okay, ask me this because I really want to talk about it. Yeah. they don't ask and you're like, yeah. oh, but, I, but I was all ready to talk about that. So, yeah. yeah. No, I think you asked phenomenal questions. I loved your questions. I don't think anyone listening would think this was your first time doing this, which obviously it's not. You, you, you talk to people and, you know, you coach people and a lot of that is questioning. So, right, um, right. That know. comes with that curiosity thing. Like, yeah. And we have, it might seem like an annoying three-year-old. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. What about this? What about that? But why? Yeah. But why? But why? Yeah, exactly. No, I really cannot think of anything that you didn't ask that I wanted you to ask. No, I had a great time. I, I was very present. I got, I wasn't worrying about what you were asking or not asking. So no, I had a great time. Well, I super appreciate your time. I can't wait to get you on again when the good vibe guide, the GVG, the GVG baby. Yeah. When that is launched and ready to roll. Um, yeah. Cause we're, we just have so much to talk about and share with the world. So I so appreciate Uh your time and everything you do to make this planet better. I wish everyone could, could know you. Uh, well, pretty soon they'll know a little bit more, right? That's right. That's right. That's (laughs) what this podcast started. Yes. And thank you so much for having me as numero uno. And I can't wait to have you as numero uno on mine. Um, So (laughs) yeah. Love you girl. Thanks so much. Yeah. Love you too, girl. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye.